Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of Controllers and Couches. I'm Full Metal Chicken. And I am Listefafar. And we're currently in the middle of a heatwave. So, another um, heatwave, I think the third one. Yeah, so. Oh, so. It's been a shit fucking four days, let me tell you. Yeah, just heat, so we are melting. Not like the polar ice caps melting, just, you know, ice cream on a pavement kind of melting. Mm. So, yeah. It's just been, especially like last night, it was 32 degrees at night and there was no temperature change or anything like that. And yeah. it's just, and the cool change is like slowly rolling in. So we've opened up all our doors and windows. So we apologize if any air interferes with yeah, our we'll, talking. Yeah, um, we'll leave a link for the air so you can download the cool air. <laughs> Um, if I can compress it. <laughs> so, yeah, what's new with you, sir? Uh, basically, just um, another round of just... Work hell. Work, Call of Duty, which is just pathetic at the moment. So, um, I'm thinking of switching up and going back to Doom. So, going back to maybe Doom 3 or Battlefield. But I haven't been on World of Tanks for a while, so I might do, do, some, do some battles. And then... I got a lot of reading to do, so yeah, I'll yeah, probably yeah. do that. But huh, considering so, I'll probably end up just you know chasing around ice cream trucks in the street. So um, yeah, that that's me. Well, I didn't, as we know, I got to sleep at like six thirty, even though we went to bed last night at like two. And um, in my unable to sleep state, I found out that Roanoke. Yeah, is that how yep. I say it? Okay, I'm a dum dum. American Horror Story Season 6, Roanoke, is on the Australian Netflix catalogue. So I'm halfway through episode, or chapter 3, but episode 3 of that. I didn't even know. I didn't get a notification, which is so annoying. Yeah. So I was just scrolling through the horror because I was going to watch a horror movie. But, yeah. See, um, the one I'm waiting on is Altered Carbon. Yeah. Which starts on the 2nd of Feb, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And apart from that, my uni timetable opens up on Wednesday. Nice. There's the month. It's the one where we actually, like, it's the first in, first served. Yep. Um, that's, make your timetable and that's what you've got to stick with. So do you guys have, like, a battle where you all get, like, stand in, a, like, an auditorium and then you battle over who gets... No, because, um, what do you call it? We have, like, a, a preference allocation mode that they closed a week ago. And you put in, it's all online, so you put in what, like, you have to have a minimum of one, two, or three if your subject has that many allocations available. So you personally, with pen and paper, you decide what you want your timetable to be. So you get your paper, you write out the days of the week, your lectures don't change, they're, like, essentially core. And then you have a look, you're enrolled, and that's added to your timetable regardless of what you do. And then around there you can work around your lab timetable, and preferences and then your workshops and then your shoots so yeah i'm trying to go for biochem on thursday because i don't really want to be doing biochem from 12 to 6 on a friday yeah that's kind of shit so i figured i'm going to keep the biochem to a thursday and stick the biomed to friday because it's either thursday or friday for both subjects yeah so that's the way hopefully fingers crossed it's going to go and work out on wednesday mm. but yeah, a month to go to uni. Nice. I'm scared. Four weeks are going to fly. You, you, it's I'm just scared. 
So, like, what I do after this, obviously the plan is honours, but, like... Yeah, no, you get into honours. You'll be right. But in terms of, obviously, the podcast news, we decided to invest 134 Australian dollars or 108 US dollars. So thank you very much, Podbean, because they are now our hosts, and my plan is for obviously every episode to be hosted with our host that we pay to host. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I will have, like, the most recent two podcasts stay on SoundCloud because in my head it's a lot... We already have, like, I already have Apple Music, so I didn't want to pay so much money, like 14 bucks a month, to have music that I wouldn't even necessarily listen to all the time. Do you know what I mean? I don't care about the advertisements. Yes, it would be helpful to have analytics, but at this point in time, we're just a baby podcast, so it doesn't matter, per se. I'd rather have unlimited hosting and uploading. So, um, yeah, that's that there. And now you can find us on Podbean, but our new links will be down below. And like I said, if you still listen to us on SoundCloud, our two most recent episodes will remain on there week to week. And the rest will be stalled. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to our book updates, you first. Um, well, I read a page. So, so yeah, I, I think you failed I'm, your challenge yeah, of I finishing challenge Artemis again. in two days. Yeah, well, it, it, it didn't eventuate. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, I haven't even listened to audio. Like, I didn't listen to any audio books because the stupid Google Play app on my phone, when I've been going to listen to that, it, it's, <laughs> stuck, it's stuck on shuffle. It won't <laughs> switch. So, one Is minute... It in I'm your listen- settings, like your actual... Um, but, through your settings, you go to the app? Yeah, I've, I've gone through and I've put it on, so turn shuffle off, and it will just go Do from it. chapter 5 to chapter 1 to chapter 20... And I'm like... What, what you want? Can but, you make, like, a playlist? But here's the thing. But can you make a playlist? Yeah, which I did. Oh, and it shuffles the playlist. Yeah, but it won't shuffle music. The phone knows that it's in an audio book form oh. for some reason. I don't know, but it just hates me. And, you know, spoiler alert, you now know what happens at the end. Which <laughs> play out. Yeah, yeah, it's just stupid. So, yeah, for me, I finally finished the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Claps to me props all around um so yeah i'm happy if anyone is a fan of beauty and the beast this is a ya new adult retelling it's one of my favorite um book series of all time me thinks and you have no idea what it's about um so what i have decided to do and force you to do in today's video in today's video in today's podcast is we're going to take a quiz a buzzfeed quiz so we know it's legitimate to see which a court of thorns and roses character you are and which one i am okay okay yeah yeah no yeah sounds, sounds but fair. while you're finding that web page that i've sent you the link for i also finished the cruel prince by holly black she's the lady that um wrote the spiderwick chronicles that i was telling you about yeah. so i gave her book four out of five stars and i'm now currently reading jack stalking jack the ripper i should say by kerry montescarlo it was a big deal getting that book ordered in so qbd it was a big deal using our credit account that yeah. is sitting there to pay for this book when we had like $80 worth of credit. Shut up, you stupid crow. You're interfering. Yes. But um, yeah, you ready to go? Yep, ready to go. So question number one, which is your favorite season? And it's gone what I'm assuming is summer, 
No, spring, summer, autumn, winter. Yep. I, in terms of Australia, we don't get like a white winter. No, so, so I'm just going to go autumn for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to go autumn. Click. Why isn't it clicking? Oh, no. Because there's four below. Yeah. So. It's, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe do I go winter? I'm going autumn. Okay, autumn. I'll you, go. you have to put mine. You're supposed to put winter. Yeah. You want winter, so you yeah, put winter. winter. And when's your favourite time of the day, which is dawn, midday, dusk, or night? Um, I'm going to go night. I'm going to go dawn. Okay. And then how many friends do you have? And it's got, I do not have friends, only pawns. Well, that's obviously for a chess player. <laughs> um, just one, my sister. Everyone I meet becomes my friend. I just can't help it. I have handfuls of close friends and they are like family. I have a few, but I do not deserve them. My friends and lovers tend to overlap. Uh, I want to go for I have a handful of close friends and they are like family yeah um, so, geez, see I've got to toss it up between everyone and me becomes my friend I just can't help it and I have a handful of close friends and they are like family but both are true but which one yeah probably a handful of close friends um, and what is your best quality yeah. My patience, my determination, I honour traditions, my kind spirit, my protectiveness. I'm honest, I'm a loyal friend and follower, I'm always listening, I'm cunning, I'm beautiful, I'm quite shy. Yeah, quite witty. Hmm. I'm going to go for, I think, my determination. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Say, yeah, I'll go for determination. Or would I be more? You could almost be. No, I think like you have them like a lot of these, but I think determination is yeah, your more standouty quality out of there. Yeah. What is your worst quality or characteristic? I succumb to despair at times. I'm reckless. I don't notice when I'm being manipulated. I don't stick up for myself or my beliefs. I'm naive. I'm vicious. I'm afraid of my past. I guard my heart too closely. I'm ashamed of my past and who I am. Is being manipulated really such a bad thing? I'm vain. Hmm. I would say... I succumb to despair. Not really. I just yell at it. I'm not so reckless. I do notice manipulation. I stick up for myself. I ain't that naive. I reckon I'm vicious. Nah. I used to get told that all the time. Because if I get really, really grumpy, I can be really, really bitchy. So I'm going to go with vicious. Because I'm not afraid of my past. I reckon I can be reckless at times. You reckon? I would say for you... You don't notice when you're yeah. being manipulated, yeah. but that's me. You have to do the question no, no, is no, what no, is that, your no, that, that makes so sense, you that have one. to choose. And then we have a pick a house. So you have a really cool townhouse. Townhouse. You have what looks like a French Renaissance mansion thing castle. You have like a, a thatched Tudor home. Yep. You have another estate. Um, then you have a, a house, house in, the in the mountains. In the mountains, and just an American wisteria lane house. house. I'm gonna go for this point in my life. I like the townhouse. I like the ivy, and I like the front door. Yep. I think I'm gonna go for the. You can go for the one in the mountains. Yeah, the one in the mountains. <laughs> 
which animal would you pick as a pet? Well, we already have two cats, so I ain't going to choose the puma. But anyway, for everyone else, there's a fox here. There's a wolf. There's a peregrine falcon? Um, is that what that is? Yeah, it looks like a peregrine falcon. Then you've a got bat, a... a puma, and a bearded lizard. That looks like a bearded lizard, and that looks like... It's not a lynx, but it's... It's a puma. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go for... I'm going to go the peregrine. I'm going to go for the wolf. Peregrine. Pick a flower. White rose, helenium, a pinguicula, which I think is alloy, but whatever, it's a succulent. Night blooming jasmine, orchid, hops, or snapdragon. I'm going to go night blooming jasmine, that looks cool. Um, I'm going to go an orchid. Alright, select. Oh, yes! Who did you get? I want to find out who you got first. I got Faya Archeron. Whoever that is. Feyre? Yeah, Feyre. You got the main character. Woo! I have no idea who this person is. She's the... She's Belle in this adaptation. I don't want to spoil the book series for you in case you read it. But she's Belle in this adaptation. apparently I'm a badass huntress in a small grumpy package. You're navigating your swift change from weak mortal to powerful high fae. Whatever that is. A fairy. Okay, cool. Um, you're slow to trust and even slower to forgive, but could your soul mate be waiting in the shadows if you'd risk letting your guard down? Okay, there you okay go. so you're the high lady Woo! of the night court. Okay, right I'm on. the high lord of the night court. I got recerned. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm a prince of darkness with a heart of gold. I'm the most powerful high lord in Peru. Pyrethian, I can't remember how to pronounce that word. Despite my smouldering good looks and mind-crushing powers, I still manage to make time to appreciate art, nature, and a few close friends. I give my life to those I love, and I sell my soul to keep them safe. Well, wow. Such words on a Monday afternoon. Any mahoozle, I'll link the quiz down below. I should have said that way if anyone wanted to participate in it with us. Yes. You can, but it's there in our description. No, episode notes. That's the word. All right, our first story... For the day. Yes, there's a, a giant asteroid passing Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially what NASA's doing at the moment is basically tracking this... They've been tracking it since 2002. Yeah, and I think it's because it's getting closer that they've decided... Uh, yeah. But think about that. Like they It first piqued their interest 16 years ago. Which is a fair amount of time. So they've been watching this and... It's basically larger than Than Bush Khalifa. So it's big um, and in a sense... Potentially dangerous, they've labelled it. So it's going to come as close as 320,000 kilometres or 200,000 miles on the 4th of February. So in like six days. And just in case you're curious, it's got the code name Alpha Juliet one two nine two zero zero two. Two thousand zero zero two. Obviously, denoting the fact that that's when they pretty much locate, like found it. I yeah. guess. And it is currently travelling at one hundred and seven thousand eight hundred twenty-six kilometers per hour, or for you know the mileage, sixty-seven thousand miles per hour. And just for an interesting fact, it's one point one kilometer wide and 0.8 of a kilometer tall. So, yeah, you'd be wanting to track that. Got a footy field. Two footy fields. Yep. Bearing down at you. But it's the largest, um, it's the largest one recorded, like a largest space rock that will be swept, like that will travel past Earth in recorded history. And look on the bright side, if it did have a nice little impact, you wouldn't have to worry about (laughs) heat anymore because there'd be a global ice age. 
so we could break out the snacks essentially i think by break out the snacks you mean we'd you know break out the camping gear because there'd be no electricity left and then yeah basically see you later kids you're on your own yep Hope you can fend for sherlock you're in charge of your sisters yep all it's all gone so yeah definitely you know but see the thing is as most people think of asteroids whenever i see an asteroid i straight away think of uh, deep impact no i just think of giant space worms from uh star wars so yeah empire strikes back yeah big giant space worms lovely so, yeah so uh, and there ain't enough combantrum to go around to try and get rid of those worms so yeah so um yeah definitely uh you know when that thing goes past hopefully NASA's, we'll be able to see it yeah hopefully nasa's gonna absolutely be you know having a rock concert yeah they've um pushed back they were gonna do a spacewalk on the space station on the 2nd of february i think they pushed it back to the 7th because they wanted to have everything in place yep. to watch like to track it travel past because you don't want anything in the way of that plus yeah. i mean you think how much debris is floating around earth at the moment There's including our space junk <laughs> oh space junk everywhere you basically have to track it to not hit it so there's heaps of space junk up there that's the problem. You don't have to worry about asteroids. We got, just space junk. We, we just got space junk everywhere. So suddenly if, you know, the atmosphere kind of played some tricks and then... We'd have... We did rain steel. It's raining mm. trash, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and one that... I, the next story I found that is a bit more inclined to... In line, I should say, to the Great Barrier Reef that we talked about last week. The coral reef of Thailand um, is decaying at a really really fast rate so the way they've reported it is that um i can't remember who said it but tourism and pollution is being blamed because there's a 47 percent increase so it went from 30 percent to 77 over a 10 year time frame Which is massive yeah um in terms of the rate of coral decay on the Thai, like taiwan is it taiwanese coast is that how it's pronounced so. i'm sorry if i sound like an idiot but yeah and the large majority of these corals are actually endangered so there goes ecology yeah that's it and you know this is extremely alarming because you know in 2008 their ministry of natural resources environment said the 42,000 ray which is 30 percent of a total of 14,000 ray of corals was uh destroyed Mm. and that's bad because we look at our reef and we've got coral bleaching going but there's um, actually just like rotting yeah and it's because of the the pollution that yeah. goes through the water waste treatment yeah because they're the fourth highest nation in the world in regards to marine waste but they're trying to put the blame on plastic waste as being the main cause of said damage and that would also so. affect marine life as well yeah. when you start seeing sea turtles coming up on beaches well if you get rid of the coral then the fishies have no place to live and so the, you the baby lose, turtles have nowhere to hide lose ecology yeah so and then you know not that it should impact people but then you get the tourism issues and if people are saying oh my god the water's dirty people aren't going to want to go to the beaches most you know, the amount of marine waste yeah so having a 70 percent damage that's a big number that that's that's a massive number. So essentially, coming they've back, they've only got two eighths left. Yeah, they've and only got twenty percent. I guarantee you, in a year, two years time, we'll come their, back. their reef will be gone. 
and then you know the Great Barrier Reef well that'll be gone yeah. So all these reefs. Well, they actually in this study they did it over like 159 locations. They didn't. I didn't have a look at the um, actual article itself, but they looked at Thailand, Myanmar, Indonesia, and they did do a few of our reefs as well. But they didn't talk about whether there were similar species to ones that were found, like this coral species to the ones we found we have at the Great Barrier Reef or anything like that. So worth looking into a little bit more, I think. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of researcher bias in terms of was it one researcher or one group of researchers that did it a decade ago and surveyed everything and then to come back, you know, and have a look. But, yay! Keeping it fishy, a new population of fish with hands... Oh, boy. um, ...has been discovered off the coast of Tassie and it's, I think, like a kilometre away from the other populations that we already know about. But they're called the red handfish. And before this discovery, they only thought that there were 20 to 40 individuals left in the wild. In the world, I should say, in the wild. But um, they have hands because they propel themselves along the ocean floor instead of relying on their fins to swim. So they're obviously endangered. And, I mean, this fish looks badass. Yeah, it looks so cool, too. It almost looks like um, a Nemo fish, what they call them, a clownfish, almost. Yeah. It probably, you know, walks around going, I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, my God, it does, too. I'm Mary fucking Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's hilarious. Good times. So just yeah, you know it's it's a pity though because unfortunately this fish is a little bit. But it's like know. a it's an old species of fish. Yeah. Like it's been around for literally, um, like it's in the actual fossil record. Yeah, but unfortunately, unlike Yondu, um, this fish is alive, and it just honestly the problem some people will now do is if. They'll go but hunting for they'll it. They'll go hunting for it because it's going to be yeah. expensive to, to find. Although, as if they haven't, like, taken some of its DNA so that way they can clone it at a later, later date. That'd be a good thing to do. Do you know what I mean? And you can't, unfortunately and fortunately, at the same time, it's a double-edged sword, but with 20 to 40 individuals, obviously a bottleneck effect yeah. has already taken place. So they can say that, yes, we'll take away 30% of the pop- mating population, mate them back up, and then, and then put, put them back in... Back in the like wild population because the genetic diversity is already reduced so what can you do yeah and the fact that they've got two populations that they've found oh, i think they were like two or three so don't quote me on it like yeah. it wasn't i think they had a couple before but yeah so they are sort of bouncing back talking about diversity this segment i've titled an old bite to chew on uh to chew to chew <laughs> because an ancient jawbone uh, recovered from a collapsed cave in coastal Israel was just dug up in the last mm. couple of days and they found sophisticated stone tools in quotation marks nearby because, and this is really, really important in terms of our human history because it likely belonged to an unsuccessful 1,700 no, 175,000-year-old human explorer, and he is the oldest human fossil located outside of Africa. So in terms of genetics, like out-of-Africa theory, this is a really, really, really big deal. So Yeah, so for all you geneticists out there, this is uh, yeah, yeah a good one. So 
I mean, the thing that I suppose we all look at it and I suppose what we studied in our genetics was you've, you've also got the Neanderthals and modern humans and Denisovans. So you look at it and go, at which point did they branch out? And it adds more to the, the fam. well, I suppose the tree. Yep. See where they all branched out. But each time they find something, it's a case of how much does it like change mm. the and skew all the data we already have in yeah. our projected timeline because yeah. some of them are bigger than the others and it's yeah yeah pretty cool and that's the only thing about not having like the full story like you know we can only work with what we have yep. we don't know unfortunately everything which is not much mm. so so we spoke about this and um, because we were talking about how 50 Cent became a millionaire. Yeah, 50 because Cent. Because he was accepting Bitcoin as payment for his latest album. I don't know how much he made, but um, there was a cryptocurrency hack on Friday and Japan's largest digital currency exchange network has pledged to pay back all of their customers and it's estimated to cost them 660 million Australian dollars. Um, across hundreds and hundreds of people that... Would you say bank with them? Possibly. Or what's the word that you'd use for... That trade, that trade in their cryptocurrency? I mean, 660 by 10 to the 6. That's... A lot of moolah. That's a lot of moolah. That's yeah. a lot of cryptocurrency gone. But it shows, like, you know, that it... But how can you not track that if it's all, you know, online? That's the bit that I don't understand. Can they not see where it was going? Or did they literally just move a dollar here, two dollars there, three coins this way, five coins that way, and move it to a conglomerate? Well, Offshore account. I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but... Well, no, but I mean, like, do you think they did it in... Um, smaller transactions rather than one big lump sum $660 million transfer. I reckon they did it in small lump sums because, I mean, you think about it, if you have a worm running or something, you can just leak the... or you can leach the the data. And essentially, that's all it is. Yeah. But you look at it and you look at the stability of Bitcoin compared to these ones and you think, okay, are they they trying to push certain cryptos? Why not just stick with online banking? people want to figure out a way to make more money Mm, true but it's not like people are saying oh my god you know it it, it's worth so much money i can go and buy a bitcoin for a thousandth of an australian dollar yeah it's not that big of a currency yet and basically they just all run off blockchain that's the thing Mm. so um I just good luck to you guys. Imagine their stakeholders and their shareholders, and like there goes your company. Yeah, gone. Unless they have insurance, which you're assuming they you would assume they have. You'd hope. They'd have to have insurance for it, right? And see, I think it's more looking at what population is using it and mm. how much traffic because so, this is I mean you, you, you primarily look at blockchain and it's around the, the year of 2009 to 2012 yeah. so it's more used by 
I suppose a community that deals primarily around data. If you don't understand, you don't invest. You, you don't invest. Yeah, and you don't trade with it. But it's become more mainstream. More mainstream, but they used it in the sense that it would have been harder to tamper with transactions, but also um, reduce risks. Mm. So you're, you're you're looking at a reduction in credit and yep. liquidity risks. So you look at that in a banking side, they try to make it, it seems like it's a bit more um, controlled. Controlled, but. Every um, what we found in this day and age, everything can be hacked. Mm-hmm. So it's just constantly an acceleration of technology. At what point do you fall behind? At what point do you stay ahead? So, I mean, on the bright side, I mean, okay, that we're dealing with uh, electronic transactions and you know electronic um, currency. But what happens when? the blockchains start breaking down. Yeah. At, at what point does it kind of go, uh-oh, this is not feasible anymore? So... Imagine if it was similar to, like, what happened with the last um, banking collapse that happened in, like, 2008, where, like, the economic collapse, where they trade more coin than they have. Like, more... You know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's why, I mean, people employ viruses in certain files when you browse the internet or even in an ad you might have something embedded which then I suppose mines these bitcoins but they released this data I think a couple of days ago last week where I can't remember if it was bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency thing but they have been making money off advertisements yeah. As people just went about their daily lives yeah. and didn't know about it because they researched something to do with um, Bitcoin or these other cryptocurrencies and then the cookies start tracking them. Yep. And then you start making the monies. So, so. talking about making um, the monies, the Australian government wants to be one of the big guns Ooh. in terms of defence trading. So this morning at around 9.30, the federal government, if I can pronounce things has announced a strategy because they want to create high-tech jobs to become one of the top 10 leading uh, defense industry exporting countries so basically just export it yeah except um, we're going to sell to in quotation marks like-minded countries not rogue regimes um, our trade minister Stephen Siobo or some shit like that. He told. So that technically mean that Tasmania is a rogue regime. No, because it's still part of our federation. But it's Tasmania. But it's still part of our federation. But it's Tasmania. You weren't saying that when your brother was offering you a free trip for uh, a week. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> But yeah, um, the tra- our trade minister, he said to Nine News in a separate interview that there's going to be strict controls to ensure that we only supply our defence assets in the future to like-minded countries that have strong human rights records and their own protections, so that way it's aligned with our foreign policy. Yeah, so they don't want morals. people, you know, breaching human rights. But the thing so. is, we can sell it, for example, not that I am suggesting anything, say we sell it to UK... What happens if some crazy person in the UK is siphoning off, you know, caches to someone 
you know, but to see, a rogue. See, the problem is, regime. it's more a case of you're gonna. It's gonna obviously go in by plane or ship, but if it goes to like a, from military base to military base, it's a lot more restricted. Because if it was yeah. just coming into port, what's to stop people on the wharf? Yeah, from taking docks, over. Taking but them. we have like a lot of contracts that are coming out, and for the French, we're doing. Oh, how much was it? I think Stephanie, I think it was like a fifty. $56 million submarine trade. Like, we, we're we in talks at the moment and they're trying to figure out what the plan is. But with France, we're going to make them a ton of submarines. Yeah. So it's our next big thing because, as you know, um, uh, GMC left Australia's shores in October. So they want to have um, more kind of jobs flood the market and that kind of thing so to <clears throat> to actually help our economy they're setting aside 3.8 billion australian dollars in a fund so that way we can lend exporters their money this money so that that way because banks can choose to back or not depending on their own morals and where they want to see their money invested so if the banks won't fund them the australian government is happy to do that and to lend them the money in this $3.8 billion fund because they're also using this money to um, boost our central... Def- uh, like, they're going to actually make a central defence export office and then they're going to expand the attaches in all of our embassies around the world, obviously in safer... Yeah. Um, ones that are deemed less risk embassies. And this is going to be our largest build-up in peacetime history. So we're beefing up. Oh, yeah, but they, they know something we don't. But also, too, look at the fact that General Motors Co. pulled out of uh, building Australian cars. So we don't have that infrastructure anymore. But it makes you think, was this all planned? Possibly. To move to a more, you know... I mean, if you start getting defence contracts and defence assets moving into and out of, you know, Australia... Yeah, it makes a big deal. And obviously, if you're building military infrastructure, it's going to... You need sure money, but you're going to make money. Yeah. So. But um, Malcolm Turnbull, who's our Prime Minister, thinks that this is going to push us to the top 10 from our current 20th ranking. And I actually had a look at the Talus stocks this morning. Since this announcement was made, stock went up 2.44 or 2.78% in the five hours since this announcement was made. So all I'm going to say is I am moving to um what's the one it's close to Wangaratta I'm moving to Talis yeah. I'm working at Talis I'm getting a grad job there and I'm going to start making bank yeah absolutely but, so, um, uh, yeah. yeah and he was also risky enough to say that apart from North Korea there's no other country in the region that shows us any hostile intent yeah you know why because we, we've got these six foot five tall kangaroos that go around <laughs> beating the crap out of everything that's why Skippy got the bomb well Maybe not the bomb, but it's definitely got a few guns. Bang, bang! Yeah, yeah, bad skippy. Yeah. Just imagine that wombat landmine. Do you know that Talus has been here since 1890s? Wow. Since, since the 1890s, I should say. It'd be interesting to see what their security's like. Look, <laughs> I asked, because I had a friend whose father worked there. And remember when... Um, what's that guy, Dan Bilzerian, was yeah. a thing? I was saying to this person that 
I wanted Dan Bilzerian to fund it, but I wanted to go take over Talus. And this was me back in 2003, right? And apparently it's mined out the wazoo. They've got heat sensors to get in to even work as a um, tradie, like a sparky. You have to go through so many clearance checks and background checks. And unless you prove to be a really good worker, they phase you out after like the contracts only go for like two or three weeks. Yeah. And just getting in there, like it's mined out. They have heat sensors everywhere. Wow. Apparently a rabbit gets in. And they know about it. Jeez. They will shoot you out. Like, if you rock up to that, because it's gated. Yeah. And you look, and it just looks like, not even farmland, it just looks like bushland. Yeah. And we drove past it, drove we past did. it when we and went we to Canberra. And you look at it, and it just looks like, you can tell it's not a government building, but you can tell it's like a installment. Yeah, or an and installation. That's yeah. the word I meant to say. Sorry, I'm an idiot. And you look at it, and you just, but you can't tell because it's so many Ks in the actual block of land but it's just insane so yeah it's uh, pretty crazy so um they make like they've they hire 3,200 employees around the country and they make over a billion Australian dollars in revenue wow and 1.6 billion in exports all the moolah yep so that is that now this one, this is the most important story of the day. Mm. I thought you would find you. I'll let you read it out because I don't want to spoil it for you. Not so fit in the line of duty. So basically, they've said that Strava, which is the GPS tracking company, uh, published a global heat map using satellite information from 13 trillion data points, and what it shows is the whereabouts of people using fitness activity trackers like Fitbit. Yay! Yay. So... Yeah, so essentially, they they generated this map from two years' worth of data. So from September 2015 to September 2017. And obviously, you're going to get the most hot-spotted areas in big countries, so like, uh, like the US, Europe, ourselves... But there are some smaller activity traces in conflict zones and war-torn countries like Iraq and Syria. And these match up to both known and unknown, undisclosed, like CIA and soldier, like army. Yeah, US military bases. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the problem now is because these... Literally, like, if you go to this link that I put here, there is this user who actually showed like you know Mogadishu the CIA how they moved from the annex they moved the annex from where they were to the Mogadishu airport yes they can act literally the route 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 that the soldiers take when they're walking around the base the annex to patrol looks like a neon like have a look at the link that I just sent you it looks insane and it just marks out because these idiots, and that's what they are, they're absolute idiots, they did not realise that they had to go through their settings, their privacy settings and their security settings and turn off their users sharing data. Yeah. So essentially they've just... Blown all this cover. And the uh, Air Force Colonel John Thomas, who's a spokesperson for the US Central Command, he's gone ahead and said that we're reviewing these implications and this heat map and that 
you know, it poses a large security threat. But the big thing is in 2003 when Fitbit came out, in order to curb, like, obesity and promote health and, you know, within the armed forces, they handed out free Fitbits to their employees. Yeah. To, like, servicemen and women. But you also look at it, data mining. You are literally data mining and you're seeing where people go. Yeah. But that's not what it was about. And I don't think these idiots... No, it's yeah, but it it is pretty cool. So I want to see the heat maps in you know Everest. <laughs> I don't think that the Fitbit would work up there. Oh, well, maybe, maybe like in an unfit bit. Mm. Mm. Because if you're so cold, um, the infrared isn't going to pick you up. Yeah, the tracker it... isn't going to detect you as much. So I think they would have probably got some uh, emails and everything and their sergeants would have been going a little crazy and everyone literally would have been said look turn your damn Fitbits off yeah or hand them back so yeah imagine the Pentagon they would have gone into damage control Mm -hmm. big time yep yep last story of the day Mm. um not so ooh actually there are parents in the UK that are making their children drink bleach yeah Take this into account the last week, or was it for... Yeah, we, yeah, we were speaking about We were discussing about, about bleach. Um, um, these parents are making their children drink bleach because they think that it will cure them of autism because of that some American cult. It's a practice of some American cult that um, was obviously disbanded. But I can't remember... I don't know. We'd, like, I tried to find out which cult it is. I'm thinking it's... You know the one, the alien people... Uh, I think it was theirs, their practice. I'm not 100% sure. But some of these kids are as young as two years old and the parents have actually made a secret Facebook group where they're trying to convince other parents that join the group to do it, how to do it, what products to use, their dosage in quotation marks and all that other garbage. So, yeah, I think it's called the Genesis 2 Church. So there's like a, I don't know, different I don't know. But there's one in Ireland. Um, yeah, weird. But, um, yeah, bleach, not so good. No, and these people, like, poor children, poor babies. Just, why, I mean, why would you do that? It's, like, why the heck would you actively make your child ingest sodium hypochlorite or chlorine? Because they think it'll cure them of something, because they're idiots. What, so, you're just going to... Uh, it's, it's it's a horrible thing. I mean, imagine like those kids would. I mean, they would be seriously ill, very Ill. very ill. <sighs> yeah, not a good, not a good thing. I mean, okay, it has an antimicrobial. Oh yeah, you know, but please, but yeah, it's it's not good, not good. It's just. Wow. So yeah. I brought up our heat map. Well, not our heat map, but Stevia's, Stevia's heat map. And America is not as lit up as Europe. Like, look at how big Europe is. It's massive. Like, there's one right there. There's another path that... There are some interesting... I mean, look, looking at this heat map, there's a lot of dark areas. And then, like, four or five really really walked around 
So you know what's going to happen? Pathways. People are going to go, there's a base here, there's a base here, there's a base here. Yeah. So essentially what you can do is... is imagine that. You, you give out free Fitbits to a, like a little warlord or something, to the troops, and then you map where they go. Yeah. Wow. And then you look at Australia, and then it's just like, on the freeway, the Hume. And yep. the Calder. <laughs> yep, I think that's... Like, yeah, that's the there. Calder there, isn't it? Yeah. That's the Calder. And then the rest is the Hume. And then it's just... It almost looks like a spider web. Yeah. Very cool image, though. And then it gets, obviously, really... And we're somewhere in here. Yeah. <laughs> here, here somewhere. That's a pretty intense heat map. Yeah, it almost looks like a neural network. It does. So. Yeah, so... Very cool. But I'll link this map in the episode notes so you guys can check it out and see if you can identify yourselves. Um, I want to have a look at New Guinea and see if there's anything there. Hang on. Ooh. What about if you find it in the middle of no, the ocean? Nothing in New Guinea. They're actually... Border Patrol? Border Patrol is showing up. <laughs> when they're patrolling international waters, like Australian Border Patrol. Good job, guys. Good job. Well done. The military base in Broome. That's where they are. Ooh. And the SAS base is somewhere here. Good job, guys. Well done. Brilliant. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to add to this? No, just that heat map is really cool. So essentially, Australia's got all the heat. Now we have more heat being generated. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, such funny. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's uh, that's pretty much all good. Yep. I'll have to build some more up for next week. What are your plans for this week? Read another page. Um, How's your last day of work and then... Building Now your maybe. new weekend is Tuesday, Wednesday. By the looks of it. So, um, yeah, uh, I might build something. So I am thinking I might record... So I've got literally ten book reviews to do. Yeah. Plus I have to do a ton of filming for February booktube videos. Yay, so I might do that tonight if it cools down. But I'm I'm looking outside. I'm going to open everything back up and just... Let cool breezes come through. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. I feel heavy. Like, my body feels heavy. It's just lack of sleep. You haven't slept properly, so... Yeah. So, yeah, that's the big thing, people. Catch those Zs. And drink that water. Yep, hydrate. Hope everyone had a not-so-decent invasion day. Yeah. Quality invasion day. Um... What else is coming up in the world um, this week? Well, oh, oh, we have another episode of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, that comes out today. Yeah, we, we watch might it watch before you go to work. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. watch that, and when the first season ends, we will review it. Yep. Well, you can do a mid-season review now if you want. No, I'm going to save it to the end. You want to save it to the end? Because we've got some twists and turns. <laughs> Things you weren't expecting. Yeah. Tukufba. Stop it. Stop. (laughs) Stop it. So, uh... Yeah, so... So maybe what I will do is just go around, you know, practice my uh, Klingon a little bit more. (laughs) So, yeah. So that is it for us, from us, I should say. Are you going to watch American Horror Story Roanoke with me? Yes. Roanoke something. How do you say it? And I need to... I need to recall how you're saying it. So say it so I can stick it in my head. 
uh, Roanoke. So I am saying it right, Roanoke. Yeah, as as far as I'm aware, um, that's pretty much how I say it. Let's, let's do a pronunciation check. Pronunciation of uh, Roanoke. Sh- the following pronunciation is brought to you by pronouncenames.com. I don't care. Roanoke. Yeah, Roanoke. Cool. Yeah. Roanoke. Do I think I'll have it uh, finished by next week? I'd like to think so. Yeah. I probably will. You'll finish it before I finish Artemis. Mm, let's be real, but I'm trying to focus on um, reading. So, yes, that is it for us this week, guys. Apologise that it is a bit on the shorter side. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. You're all staying safe. Um, drink lots of water. If you're in Australia, if you're in the US, hope you're staying warm. Yeah. And so um, I'm surprised. I well, if I wasn't working today, I probably would have cracked open a, like a Guinness. Or, 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 or a few. Or a few. Yeah. Right. A few. Hey, I've been you know drinking the Dilma. Dilma. So, Dilma. And the defenders of the universe. But anyway, uh, staying on topic. Thank you so much for listening. 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 For thank you very much for listening. And, and we apologise if we offended anyone in any comments that we have said. That was not our intention. That's just our little disclaimer at the end. Thank you so much. As always, if you have any topics you want us to cover, any questions you want us to pose, please let us know. I'm thinking about making two episodes a week and our midweek episode being a bit more, whether it be conspiracy theory, like based on a conspiracy theory or a group of related conspiracy theories or missing cases we're thinking about i'm thinking about doing that i'm more on conspiracies like why do neapolitan nut cluster no not about neapolitan nut cluster cereals legitimate conspiracies so if that's something that you're interested in please be sure to let us know as always our contact information and the links of where you can find us will be in the episode notes as always and thank you so much for listening everyone and we will catch you on the flip side next week. Yes. Au revoir. Da 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 da